Blog Talk Radio. season and I am here to tell you that we know nothing about football <laughs> I, I, I mean we don't know anything about football because if you thought that you could have predicted some of the things that went on in this NFL season and we're not halfway through yet you know roughly a third of the way through um, I'd say you're full of crap because this has been the most topsy-turvy, unpredictable season. I, I, I got to say that I think I've ever seen. And all the people out there that get paid lots of money to talk NFL, yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, good luck. I mean, you know, and we'll get into it tonight, but um, it, it, it and, and you can't even use the logic of, well, this team beat this team, and this team beat that team, so these two teams are playing, so obviously that team's going to win. It just, it's, it's, none of that logic even holds weight anymore. If anybody out there thought the Giants were going to beat the Broncos, um, I'm here to tell you you're full of crap. Now, well, I'll get into it in a minute. I did, I did kind of say something to a friend of mine about that game. But even so, I'm still here to say we don't know anything about football. We don't. Um, and we're going to try to figure out this season. Um, you know, even, even, even the Zeke Elliott situation changes with the wind. Area, you know, he's not going to play. He is going to play. He's not going to play. Well, an hour ago, um, he's going to play Sunday. <laughs> um, earlier today, he wasn't going to play. Suspension started. Before that, suspension was lifted. Before that, suspension was there again. I mean, who the heck knows what's going on in the NFL this year? It's unbelievable. Anyway, bring on my co-host. We've got the man from Atlanta. Actually, not from Atlanta, but he lives down there now. ATL. There's another one, right? Atlanta losing? Pfft, really? <laughs> really? I'm just, I'm just, I can't figure it out. But anyway, man that calls Atlanta, the greater Atlanta area is home. He's from Bristol. They call him the voice of reason. I just call him my younger brother. JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. Boy, oh boy, talk about a crazy six weeks. I know we got a ton to talk about. Yes, sir. Crazy. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. And we also, 
We also have the winner of the first ever EAFL Super Bowl. I remember, I remember the Super Bowl was being played, and I was on my BlackBerry Trio trying to follow the game. I was on my way to Miami. Um, I think I was on my way to Miami. I was on my way somewhere. I think it was Miami. And I was trying to follow, I don't know if I was on AOL or what I was on on my little BlackBerry Trio about 100 years ago trying to follow the game because it was like our first Super Bowl was like such a big deal um, back in our old EAFL Madden League. And um, this guy, who we affectionately called Stop the Train, uh, won that Super Bowl. And he will always have that honor. He also has something called a PhD. I don't know. You know, you know I think he's married, he's married now, too. You know, a few other accomplishments he has in life. But all of those came after he won the EAFL Super Bowl. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. I don't know why y'all can't predict what's going on in the fifth of Bears won. And I picked them. <laughs> Did you pick them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the problem? Y'all need to get yeah. picks right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Bears won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Because everybody knew the Bears were going to win. <sighs> yep. <sighs> well, you know, you, you the homer. You know, hey, the homer pick don't count. You know what I'm saying? The homer pick don't count. You know what I'm saying? That was strategic, Key, and I'll explain yes. later. All right, you go ahead and strategic. Yeah, strategic. Strategic. All right. And last but not least, guy's been away for a while, but he's back. He is known as the undisputed Tiddly Winks champion of the world. And he is with us tonight. K-Star, welcome back to the Madden Voice. <laughs> oh, my God. What? what? Yo, rerun that intro back. What was that? You are the two-week champion of the world. Welcome back to the Madden Voice, man. Welcome back. Man. You Apparently, you didn't listen to the playback of the show last week. Oh, man. No, I did not have a chance to do that. Now I need okay, to. You should have. Yeah, you may want to. You may want to. You may want to do that. He was defending his title. Didn't have enough time to check. I'm trying to tell you. I'll give you the. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Uh, we all know, and we wish K Star a happy birthday. We know K Star wasn't with us last Tuesday. He was celebrating his birthday, and you know, I just happened to make a comment about what the hell is there to do on a Tuesday night? You know, it's Tuesday. You know, what's what's going on on a Tuesday night? And I thought maybe you were out with your Taco. friends playing Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks, you know. Tiddlywinks. <laughs> so that's what I figured. Tiddlywinks. So I call you know, hey, hey, you've won, hey, you've won a Madden challenge. Certainly, you're proficient at the game of Tiddlywinks. Just saying. <laughs> no proficiency there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'm going to jump right in. I've got to ask this question. This question has been burning at me for about five days now, and I I wasn't sure. um, Like I said, K-Star hasn't been with us for a couple of weeks, so I wasn't sure if I'd get to ask this question. But since he's here, I have to ask this question. Um, K-Star is a huge Eminem fan. Is that a a fair statement, K-Star? Yeah. Definitely. And K-Star has also had the propensity to support Donald Trump. Is that is that a fair statement, too, K-Star? Uh, I've defended him in the past. So what was your thoughts on Eminem's cipher on the BET Awards? And everyone had to see it. You didn't have to. It was all over the Internet. So 
you know, um, uh, against Trump, where he even said in the cipher, if you are a fan of mine and you like Trump, pretty much he said, fuck you. Well, just wondering your feedback on that. I mean, well, first of all, the rap itself was all right. First two minutes were kind of lame, but then the last two were really strong. So it was pretty entertaining. Um, I don't know, man. Eminem kind of went, kind of went social justice warrior on everyone. I mean, this is the same dude. I love Eminem, but it just seemed, I don't know, it looked a little awkward. Like it just, I don't know. I thought, I thought the actual, the actual flow, like I said, the last couple of minutes and the lyrics were really good. I just thought it was just, it was weird. Like, I don't know. Okay. Because I That's mean, it. I was hoping, I was hoping, I was hoping Trump would respond in some kind of funny tweet, but he didn't even get that. They actually used to be cool, apparently, so it's a little weird. So, so, so say that again now. They used to be Eminem and Trump used to be friends, apparently. And there's actually yeah. a video of, um, I guess, Trump <laughs> presenting something to Eminem as some type of presidential candidate a few years ago during some show. I forget what it was, but. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Hillary and Bill went to Trump's wedding. I mean, so what? I'm talking about now. You know, I'm saying now. What were you? You know, you're you, you're that. He was talking to you. You're an Eminem fan, and you support Trump. I was just you're the first person that came to mind when I saw the cipher. Um, and I was just wondering. You know, you know, you you like them both. So how do you, how do you feel? I I don't. It's not that I like Trump. I wouldn't even go that far. I would say that compared to the media, he's at times very reasonable, and it's sad that to defend him occasionally. But there's times where I've gone on him too. So I'm not a Trump fan. I just think he's better than what would have been. I'm an Eminem mm-hmm. fan, that's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. <laughs> wow, I almost choked. Did he say he's better? Yeah. He did, sir. Uh, old girl's in the Wow. She's got some heat on her, like okay. usual. So it's just like saying you would have liked to have Maddox instead of Big Ben back when Dillard before the Dillard made him a starting quarterback. No. Not like that at all. Hey, I'll just say this and then I'll just say this and then we won't we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I'll just say this. Um love or hate Hillary, approve or disapprove of Hillary. There's no way on this planet that we would be in the situations we're in today if she was president. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. There's no one that ran of the 17 Republicans that he beat that would have ran this country and put us in the situation we're in today. He's the only one that would have us sitting there where a rap, where a rap superstar, or as you've called him, K-Star, rap god, your words, would feel a need to address him in a cipher, okay? There's no one else, no one. Republican, Democrat, Independent, you know, there's, there's no one. He is the only one. There is no one else. There's no one else. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, I was just curious because I know you're a supporter of – I've seen you support Trump. Yeah, you called him out once, but most of the time you're, you're kind of in that corner, and I know you love Eminem, so I just didn't know if you were like, okay, well, I like Trump, so fuck you, Eminem. But, um, no, so, no. Okay. Okay. No, I'm right. not, not on that. All right, all right. All right, well, like let's look. By the way, real quick, because the, the stupid flag controversy is a thing, 
people just want to force people to pick sides. Like you're either with me or you're against me. And to me, that's just whoever, whoever does that, it's, it's off putting because I don't think it's ever, that, that would be your thing. president. That would be your president. That's doing yeah. And that. I called him out for it and I called yeah. him out for it too. You did. And you I did. literally cited, I cited this, I cite that, that flag example because that's, a, that's an example to me. That's abhorrent. Well, I, I have to say, um, and Rush Limbaugh, a lot of people, actually said that he felt uncomfortable with President Trump trying to meddle into the affairs of a private business. I almost I almost fainted when I heard him say it, but he actually did say it. Yeah, and, and, and the only thing that I'll say is this, and this to me is is we've talked about it, we've talked about it, and we've talked and we've talked about it. Um the president when he when he is sworn in says that I will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. That is part of your oath of office. That is your job. That is what you are elected to do. Okay? It's in your oath. And the Constitution says freedom of speech. It says it right in there. And for him to come out publicly and make the stink that he's made about the peaceful protest of NFL players is 100% against the oath that he swore. He don't have to agree with it. Everyone has a right to an opinion. But your job that we elected you, and I say we meaning this country, I didn't vote for him, but we elected you to protect and defend the Constitution. And for him to turn it into a, you're disrespecting the flag and you're disrespecting our country. No, sir, you're disrespecting our country because you're not defending freedom of speech. And sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's awkward. But that's what our country was founded on, freedom of speech, even if you don't agree, even if you don't like it. And for him to have to not, in his position as president, not to do that and to come out and publicly say they should be fired, these sons of bitches and all that stuff that he said, he's still saying it. And to make it about the flag and not even talk about social injustice and oppression and the things that the, the, the NFL players are speaking against, I, I, I will never understand how anyone cannot see that one point. You could disagree. It's part of this country to disagree. You could say, I'm sorry, I myself don't agree with kneeling for the flag. Okay, I'm cool. I myself don't like that they kneel for the flag. Okay, that's cool. I'm good. You don't got to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But to not recognize that that's their right under the Constitution is my problem. For the president, the president whose job is to defend and protect the Constitution, to not be doing that, man, I just never in my life. And, and, I, and, Jay, and Jay, my brother Jay, you know where I'm going with this. I miss our mm-hmm. father greatly. Miss him greatly. I'm glad on this one issue that he is not here to see this mess. I'm glad that he is not here to see this mess. Vietnam veteran that he was. I'm glad he's not here to see this mess. And that's, that's all. And, and, and as, and as, and as uh, Forrest Gump said, that's about all I've got to say about that. So, hey, hey, by the way, by the way, you know who else, and this will probably surprise you, T, uh, you know who else actually spoke out against Trump for saying that? Of all people? Who? My boy Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos, who's the MC I know Milo. Bill Maher. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Milo. Yeah. We instilled against him and told him that was ridiculous, and for the same wow. reasons you already outlined. Yeah, and he was wow. one of the biggest supporters. So. Wow. Well, good for Milo. Uh, you know, good for Milo. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So anyway, um, so, you know, uh, and, and I kind of said this in the beginning, back to football a little bit, just to bring everyone up to speed, um, as of about 45 minutes ago, well, maybe an hour now, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, and this will probably be it at least for this week because of the day of the week that it is and the Cowboys play on Sunday. So at this point, um, it's late for anything else to pop up to take them off the field because they do have to be fair to the team for preparation purposes. So the latest injunction allows him to play on Sunday. <laughs> that is the latest, in the, the latest. So we've had, he went from eligible to suspended to eligible to suspended again to now being eligible. All of this in five or six days. Um, and I'm curious what my co-hosts think about the back and forth and all of this. And just a little background, you know, it's, it's domestic violence. The court system, um, you know, did not file charges. The local DA did not think that there was enough evidence to file charges. This is the NFL doing their own investigation, and they suspended him. Um, he has been fighting this through uh, the Players Association and his own representatives, and it's been a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The general collective wisdom is at some point he's going to serve the suspension. That's the collective wisdom. But in the meantime, he keeps fighting to stay on the field. And the most recent news, which literally broke about an hour ago, is that he will play. Um, now, the reason I bring this up, um, obviously, is it's relevant. It's being talked about a lot. Um, a lot of people are saying that maybe Zeke should have just taken the hit at the beginning of the season because, you know, where would the Cowboys be if Zeke hadn't played these five games going into six now against San Francisco? You know, would, would, would his presence have really made that big of a difference? Would they be in any better shape? It's not like they're sitting there 5-0 and or 4-1 and saying, and, and Zeke's leading the league and rushing and tearing it up. Um, he struggled. He, he, he's had, you know, his ups and downs. Cowboys are two and three. And a lot of people now Monday morning quarterback are saying, hmm, you know, how great would it have been going into San Francisco and that Zeke's last game of suspension. You feel pretty good about a San Francisco team that's 0 and six. Granted, the last five games, they've lost by a total of 13 points, but they still lost. So you feel, you, you feel pretty good, even without Zeke, going into San Francisco that you might be able to come out of there with a win, makes you 3-3 three and three going in and you get Zeke back for the rest of the year. There's a lot of people out there that are saying that maybe for the betterment of the team, Zeke should have just taken it on the chin and moved on. Then the other side of it is, well, if you're innocent, why would you want that? You know, why wouldn't you fight until you run out of bullets in your gun? Period that it's not about the team, that it's about him and his name and his reputation. So I'm just wondering, um, Dr. Train, your, 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 your thoughts on um, this whole back and forth with Ezekiel Elliott suspended, not suspended. I'm a fan of the latter, man. Uh, I think you continue. I think you can, if you're, if you're innocent, you continue to fight. I don't think you just take a punishment just to take a punishment. Those are game checks we're talking about. Game check, there's representation, uh, there's you playing the sport that you love, uh, there's you, you know, getting better at the game. Yeah, it's his game, but it's his game where you can get better. So I don't I don't understand why you would want to just take a suspension just to be taking a suspension. I've heard the debate back and forth between Stephen A. and, uh, and Max, and uh, I can't remember exactly which side. 
there was once a domestic violence situation he was involved in, and so you kind of keep bringing it up, you know, through through the situation coming up. So I don't know if that's the, the result he wants either. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would add is, you know, he hasn't played that well. And, I, and I'm not necessarily saying he's not playing hard. I'm not necessarily even blaming him. The offensive line is not what it was a year ago. Um, Two-fifths of that line, you know, is, is, is not the same. You, you know, take any basketball team and change two of the starters and, you, you know, um, uh, you know, you're you're not gonna have the same team. And um, you know, one guy went to Denver and took the money, the other guy retired. So it wasn't even like these guys were replaced by younger, stronger, better players. They just you know, it is it is more than likely that if these guys had came back that it would have been the same five from last year, this year. So that's part of it. But my only thing is I just wonder how much this is weighing on him and weighing on his family and, and his inner circle to have to be dealing with this so, so much. That would be my only question is it can't be easy, especially if you're innocent. And I'm not saying he shouldn't fight, but you know, there's a little piece of me that says, you know, if you know, you're going to be suspended at the end of the day, if your advisors are saying, you listen, you might get it cut to four, but there's going to be a suspension. Um, the NFL collective bargain agreement, they have every right. So it's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I just wonder if, hindsight being 2020 if not forget the team but even for just your own peace of mind you come out you do a tony romo press conference you say look i'm innocent i i didn't do any of this um but i'm being told that the nfl has the right to do this i'm being told that through collective bargaining i don't have a lot of power i could stretch this out i could fight it in court like tom brady did but i'm being told at the end of the day i'm going to serve some type of suspension so in, in order to get this behind me I'm going to serve it now, but I want everybody to know I'm not serving it because I'm guilty. I'm serving it because I want to move on. And I, we, have, we don't have a lot of power here other than to delay, 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 and I'd rather just get it over with. Now, had he done that, I think he keeps his name intact. He professes his innocent. You serve it. You get it over with. And, you know, people are going to have their own opinion anyway. You know, one of the things that I've learned in the last 18 months is how opinionated this world is. I never thought this world was this opinionated, but it is. Everybody's got a motherfucking opinion about something, and yeah, I said it. Everybody. And, and, and they, don't need, they don't need facts. They don't need substantiation. They just need, this is what I think. This is what I think. And that's it. And so, I, 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 you know, people are going to believe or not believe anyway. So that's the only thing I would say. I think that might have been a, a, a way to handle it. Still keep your name in. And now you're winding down a suspension. But we'll see. We'll see. I think it's a bad right. strategy. And if I, if I had the, the toolbox to give you a round of applause, I would because you're right. The court of public opinion is not going to change its mind no matter what. People, especially now these days, people just stick with opinion. They – you know, almost don't care about facts. Once they have that perception, they stick with it, and anything else is just noise to them. And the reason why I say that is I would know, because as a Ben Roethlisberger fan and Steelers fan, people still make rapist jokes. Dude was never charged. I mean, sure, he got suspended because the team told him just to, you know, deal with it and grow up like a man um, and not put yourself in those situations. And ultimately, it was better for him long-term in terms of maturity's sake but not professionally because clearly people still hold some certain grudges against him. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so right now he's going to play. And like I said, the way the NFL 
um, you know, is structured, it is unlikely that that will change at this point, just out of fairness to the team's preparation for uh, their next game. Um, tomorrow's Wednesday, and, you know, in, in, um, game plans are getting installed and things of that nature. So, you know, at least the Cowboys have them at least one more week, and then, and then we'll see. Um, and as a side note, I don't know if anybody was watching the uh, Cleveland um, – uh, Boston mm-hmm. game on TNT, but yep. good Gugamuga. Um gotta gotta yeah. send up a prayer to Gordon Haywood, and that's one of the worst injuries. I mean, I, I ain't seen nothing like that since Sean Livingston. Um, Did you that, hear that it? Just, uh, well, no, I didn't. Know. What, what the report what? is, so it, yeah, it looked bad, but thankfully it's just from preliminary reports right now saying fractured ankle. Well, Dude, it was yeah. Well, when, well, it looked bad. He hit the floor. <laughs> he hit the floor so hard, and he, you got you have to watch replay. It's not watching and listen to it because it's not that you hear a crack. It just you can hear how hard this dude's leg hits the floor. Like it is a boom. Yeah, like it's yeah. so violent. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have. I mean, I'm DVRing the game because I knew we were going to be doing the show, and I mean, I have the game on now, but I, I saw it, and I don't really want to hear it because it was just gruesome. I'm just wishing him the best. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Not a Celtic fan, but I am a sports fan, and um, yep. you know you don't you don't you don't want to see that. You know you you, you don't want to mm-hmm. see that. The way that the way that foot was was twisted, um, you know he's probably done for the year. Um, you know yeah. I know bones heal in six weeks, but that's got to be deeper than just a bone break with all the tendons and ligaments and all that stuff down there in that ankle. They're probably gonna have to reconstruct it, and yeah, he's probably done. So um, you know you just hate to see that. You just hate to see that six minutes into the season, you know. Yeah, um, no kidding. You, you just you hate to see Yeah, exactly, you know. And, and, and you know, it, it's funny because going back to football, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers go down. J.J. Um, Watt went down. Um, uh, you know, David Johnson's already out. Uh, Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, you know. Dalvin Cook, um, you know, we're seeing season ending, season threatening, although I don't believe the Packers have officially um, put uh, Rodgers on IR just yet. His collarbone, you know, nope. you know, he's had it before, so we'll see. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it, is the, it is the unknown variable in competitive sports that will level a playing field instantly. You think a team on and, and this really goes to any sport, um, you know, any team sport. You think a team is going to run away with it, or you feel like that team. I mean, I mean, you know, to bring it just basketball real quick. You know, there, there was a lot of wisdom that said, you know, this could this beginning of the season here, this could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals again, and who knows. And, you know, LeBron's already got a bum ankle. And, you know, you just, you just don't know. And, and the point I'm trying to make, bringing it now back to football, is you have to be careful about, you know, uh, um, anointing a team so early in the season, five, six games, as the team to beat. And it really, really, really annoys me when I'm watching, you know, all of the shows, all of them, and and the question is who's the best team and are they the team to beat and are they going to win their division and we're not we're a third away into the season number one okay so we still got you know about ten or so games left to play number one number two everyone on the field is a play away from being out for a game a few games a season or even their career so you you just don't know 
So it just I wish people would get away from that whole trying to figure out who's going to the playoffs in October. <laughs> you know, who's going to win the division in October? I have never seen – we talk about this every year, but I'm going to ask my co-host to chime in. Have you ever seen so much parity in this league where a team that was considered to be the best team in the NFL goes into their home stadium – plays a team that admittedly was reeling. And when I say admittedly, they were admitted that they were reeling. You heard it out of Ben. You heard it out of uh, Antonio Brown. You heard it out of Le'Veon Bell. They knew they were reeling. And they go in and they beat them. A team like the Giants, 0-5 with nothing. Who the hell is Orleans Darkwa? Who the hell is that? Where the hell he come from? Well, he's on the cover of this episode of the Madden Voice because he ran for 100 and I don't know how many yards. And they beat the Broncos in Denver. I mean, guys, help me here. Let me, let me go to Dr. Train on this. How do you feel about parity in the NFL this year? Or am I wrong? Am I misreading this? Uh, how do I feel to answer your question? I love it. <laughs> It makes uh it makes for an amazing game. Um, but I said this I don't know, uh, maybe about a month ago on our show. My problem not that too not not that far in that. There's a lot of things that play in the fact of parity and injuries is one of them. And it's gonna happen. And you hope it doesn't happen to your team. I mean, literally, Aaron Rodgers getting injured along with uh, Minnesota not having their quarterback situation in order, and along with Matthew Stafford battling his injuries, and knowing that Detroit's success is dependent on how well he plays, the NFC North is uh, damn near wide open. And it's guaranteed there's only one team going to the playoffs from that bit. When at one point there seemed to be it was a possibility. <laughs> Hey, I so, would submit. Uh, yeah, I love. I, I would submit to anybody listening that there's no division that is even close to being decided at this stage. Not even, not even AFC yeah. East. Not even, not even the, um, you know, the. I mean, we saw the Patriots against the Jets, and the Jets were mollywhopping them early on. And I'm sorry, I, 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 you know, I know I'm jumping around here. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed because I can't figure this season out. Um, but the Jets got got robbed. By the way, that was a touchdown. I'm sorry, that was a touchdown. Um, but the, the parity yeah, in this league is, is is unbelievable. JB, what are your thoughts on parity in the NFL this season? Oh, I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic, and and it's it's sad in, in one aspect because we've got this cloud of folks that don't understand the reason for cap taking the knee and viewership is down seven half percent. Yet this is probably the most entertaining six weeks that I can recall in recent memory. So it, it's bittersweet from that perspective. But to maintain and stick to the football side of things, I think it's great. I think that it's it's nice in the very beginning of the season, the preseason, to look at folks or even during uh, training camp to look at folks and see on paper, and I put in air quotes, on paper, who the folks are going to be that's going to win their respective divisions. We all probably thought Indianapolis was going to run away with theirs just because you look at the quarterback situation. We all thought Luck would be on the field by now. And lo and behold, we're six weeks in, 
still no sign of luck, even though we've heard it, that he's finally practicing. So there's and, and then injuries now with, with Aaron Rodgers going. That opens up the whole North Division, opens up the whole NFC conference, period. Always nice to talk about in the very beginning, but it's lovely to see where the chips fall and to see that there's no division where there's a clear-cut number one, no one can catch them. Six weeks in, I think it's fantastic, and, and it's just too bad that the ratings aren't aren't able to, to show it. But I'm, as a football fan, as a pure football fan, you got to love it. Yeah, K-Star, your thoughts on parity? Yeah, it's definitely hitting us hard this year. A lot of it has to do with injury, like we've discussed. Um, yeah, it might be it might be the most parity I, I can recall. I mean, the Giants beating the Broncos was like I don't think you can understate or overstate how much that uh, of an upset that is. That's one of the bigger upsets I've seen in the NFL in the last like five years. And I know it's not like a sexy matchup, but like literally the Giants had no reason. From a matchup perspective, from a confidence perspective, from any which angle you look at of having a reasonable chance of winning that game, like the probability is so low, and the fact that they won is insane. Like just, that is just like a highlight, a showcase example of what the season's been like so far. And you know, Denver was never in that game. I mean, they, they, it wasn't no, even that. They got blown out. It wasn't even that. Yeah, no. it wasn't even that the it Giants got luckier. No, it wasn't. Denver just – I don't know who that team was. And, that, and that's exactly what I mean. I mean, I, you know, from week to week, um, teams are – you know, they say if somebody shows you who they really are, believe them. Well, I, I, I don't know who to believe anymore because um, it's, it's – you know, you, 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 you don't know what you're seeing. You know what I mean? We just uh, – the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> I'm about to take that. You got to catch. You got You got to catch that at the very end, where the guy, the announcer says, a reporter says, "Thanks, coach," because then he just walks off the podium after that. Um, you got to hear that at the very end. You, you, you almost got to listen closely, but you hear him say, "Thanks, coach." Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what team is who we thought they were. You know, I pick one. Is there a team out there who are who we thought they were? Because if they are, then prove it to me, because there are teams that have great records that no one gave any chance to, and there are teams that were, you know, the Raiders were one of the teams that people thought, look out, and they're 2-4. You know, the NFC East, it was going to be Dallas or it was going to be Dallas or New York, and it's Philly and the, and, and the Redskins running that division right now. You know, the Packers are who they thought they were until Aaron Rodgers goes down. So now what are they going to be? Because, you, you know, no disrespect to the new guy, but he's the new guy, <laughs> you know. So I believe it when I see it. Um, J, JB, you were about to say something? Hey, well, I'll tell you one thing. The Browns are who we thought they were, that's for sure. <laughs> well, okay. Well, there, well, there, well, there's one. Out of 32 teams, <laughs> there's one. And that's about it, because I don't even think we thought San Francisco was going to go winless right now. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I may I may acquiesce and say they weren't going to be winless. But I would say I didn't have a lot of high hopes that they were going to have, you know, a great year. Um, you know, so, so one could one could. Cleveland wasn't going to do squat though. We that's one we knew in San Francisco. We knew they weren't going to be much better. I'm just looking. I'm 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 mainly teasing just because there's so much parity. You just don't know what's going to happen next. So if you're going to look at all 32 teams and, and scratch your head, at least you know that's one common denominator we have. We knew Cleveland was going to rot, and they pretty much have, even though they've shown some flashes here and there. Still, I mean, it's 0 and 6. No, no, they, no, they, yeah, they suck. They would be the only one that I would say. Um, um, they would be the only ones that I would say, yeah, we, they, they are who we thought they were. Um, um, but, you know, let's, let's go to train's division for a second. And, you know, I want train comment on this. I mean, train, we, we, we sat here on this very show, uh, two weeks ago and pretty much pronounced the bears dead. Um, you were, you were, you were right there. We all, you know, and, you know, uh, they're, they're two and four now under your new quarterback. And they're literally within two games of first place. The whole division is within two games. You've got a Minnesota team who I don't know who their quarterback's going to be because Bradford's hurt. Keenum is, you know, eh. And, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Bridgewater might be coming back. And yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, but you know what I mean. So you you have a Minnesota team that is uncertain. Obviously, Green Bay, we know where they are, and Detroit with the highest paid player in the NFL. And they're only three and three. So train. I mean, I mean, are you ready to say, hey, my Bears got as good a chance as any? You know, I see, uh, there's no reason why I shouldn't say we got we don't have a chance. Uh, because, like I said, Matthew Stafford is battling, battling an injury. Uh, they would be next in line, if you ask me. If it, if it doesn't go to Green Bay, I would definitely pick Detroit. But if Matthew Stafford can't get over his injury, that definitely that definitely leaves it leaves it wide open. Um, but it's not like they're the perfect team either. Minnesota, another team we should have beat on Monday Night Football, but we didn't take advantage of that first half really well. Uh, their quarterback situation is in plus. Strong defense, but still, it's not like they're they're a team that's running away with it. And of course, they leave Green Bay. And all now, the only thing that cautions me about Green Bay is, will this division do what we did? I don't know. What was that? X amount of maybe like four or five years ago when Chicago put Aaron Rodgers out with a collarbone injury, and then Aaron Rodgers still came back and said, "Hey, we're still going to the playoffs." Thank you very much. So. <laughs> that is also a possibility, but you don't know. But yeah, Chicago is in the pickup, and there's no reason why we shouldn't be optimistic. Defense is playing well. Running game is the best in the division, and Trubisky uh, doesn't give the ball to the other team. I like it. Yeah, I, I like yeah. That. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, and 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 again, I think the fact that in two weeks we can go from. Dead to yeah, you know what? We've got as good a chance as anybody. Um, you know, it, it just it it just shows the parity, but it's just, it's also amazing. I I just I just don't know that I've been involved in the NFL to see anything like this before. 
I, I just, I really, no. I really, I just, I have to say, I, I just don't. I don't. Um, all right. Um, forgive me, guys. I'm, 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 I'm juggling here. I'm juggling here. Uh, okay, we talked about that. We talked about that. All right, let's 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 K Star present a few things. Um, you know, he he's got to bloviate about the Steelers. I, you know, you weren't on last week to take it on the chin about the Steelers and and all the turmoil. So they win, and here he is ready to bloviate about the Steelers and stick his chest out and and all of that. Um, um. So what do you want to say about Antonio Brown, K Star? Yeah. So. <clears throat> Hey, man, that was just the timing last week, first of all. All right? I can't help that, you know, Ben threw five interceptions like two days before my birthday. Thank you, Big Ben, for that birthday present. Um, But, you know, actually earlier you asked a question, you know, if if these teams are who we thought we were, they were. And for the Steelers, this is kind of what the Steelers have been recently. Um, I'll get back to Antonio Brown, but just, just real quick. You know, the Steelers have a knack for playing down a competition at times, no offense train, like to the Bears and to the Jaguars, but then coming back with a bad loss with a big win, which they did at Kansas City. Um, and but the one thing that's been consistent for, through many years in the NFL and not just for the Steelers is that Antonio Brown's been the best receiver in the league. And although this is a small gripe and it's a great one to have, I'm tired of, of hearing the mantra – or the claim that he's arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Like, I'm sorry. If not him, then who? I mean, Julio Jones hasn't scored a touchdown at all this season to the chagrin of his fantasy owners. Um, I don't even know who you would put third. Odell, uh, you know, what happened to him was terrible, but he's never had a season with more yards or or touchdowns than an AB. So, I mean, it's a small grievance, but I just don't understand – the, the phrase arguably, it's like, what are we arguing about? Like who, wh- what's the argument? Cause I'm curious. Either one of you guys want to tackle that? Well, I'll, I'll jump in right now and, and say for one thing, you look at how many targets AB is getting compared to everybody else. And I need to go back and look at him, but I'm quite sure his targets are head and shoulders above everybody else. You talk about Julio Jones, the team as a whole, the Falcons have been inconsistent, and they've had inconsistent play from the quarterback. So you think about so the, the quarterback, you think about how many targets, you add all that up together. Of course it's going to seem like on, from a numbers perspective that nobody's going to be able to touch A.B., but I think you got to go a little bit deeper than just looking at pure numbers. So that, that same concept applies to the Steelers this year. Big Ben's and Mar with some bad play. And actually, there's a good stat I read earlier. But, uh, Antonio Brown has zero drops this year on all of his targets. Zero. That's zero. So if the argument is he's getting too many targets, well, obviously that's, that's you know, not an argument at all. It's an argument for him because he hasn't dropped any of them, which is consistent with being the best receiver in football. Well, I think, I think what JB is saying is, you know, if, if, if there's production and there's the best. And if they don't, they're not always the same. The guy that's the most productive, I mean – I mean, if we want to talk about productivity, arguably over the last five years, Drew Brees has been the most productive quarterback in the NFL. But rarely is Drew Brees considered the best. It's usually Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, maybe maybe there was a flash where it was Peyton Manning in his younger days, and Peyton was certainly making a claim. But I never hear Drew Brees considered the best in the NFL. Yet look how many years he look at the touchdowns he's thrown, look at the yards he's thrown for, uh, well above and beyond the 5,000 yard seasons he's done more than I, I believe every other quarterback that has done it has only done it once. He's done it like five times. So there's productive, and then there's the best, and I and I think that. The, the two get confused at times. You know, we've had discussions on this show about running back and, you know, you know, and, and you can take statistics and build a case for three or four running backs. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, and who's right. So I, I, I think, you know, is he one of the best? Absolutely. From my money right now, is he the best? Yeah. Here's my problem though. When you say that, and here's the difference between Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, Julio Jones, whatever the hell his name is, Julio Jones. Um, I, I don't see Julio Jones in the news like Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, you know, guys that are considered the cream of the crop, right? Those two guys, when healthy, are considered the cream of the crop, right? I also see them on the sidelines being distractions, knocking things over and just doing things. And, you know, how how – how can you how can you have the mantra of the best and and be be better than a guy who can be just as productive but is not a distractive goes out there and and, and does his job and then goes and goes to work so I I think that's probably the knock on Antonio I don't think anybody doubts his talent you know he's you know at, at this point in his career I think he's caught more passes. Than anyone, I think he's like by far ahead of Randy Moss at this stage in Randy Moss's career. Um, you know, he's productive, he's talented, he's fast. I mean, that catch he made in Kansas City, the guy went up for the interception and and to keep his concentration, catch that ball, do the okey doke kind of like Madden and sprint and get into the end zone. I mean, that's that's all him. That's talent. I don't think anybody can argue that. I think where he suffers is. The distractions, the the things, you know, the locker room video and the sideline antics and, you know, the, the you know, I was open and, you know, I should have got the ball a couple of weeks ago. That takes away. And so then you start hearing, well, he's arguably the best. And I think if he just, you know, stayed mature, stayed focused, stayed hungry, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have any problem totally agreeing with you, K-Star, and saying, you know, for my money, he's the best. I mean, I, I two years ago, uh, three years ago, two years ago, I was arguing that it was Dez, and I stand behind that argument. Then, <laughs> I got nothing now, absolutely nothing on that right now. Dez is not in that conversation. If Dez is top ten, I'm happy, because he certainly ain't top three, four, or even five. So I, I think that's really why you get to arguably, because it's the other the other piece of it that you have to consider, the disruption to the team, to the locker room. And, and clearly there was a disruption. Clearly there was a disruption. You know, when you got your quarterback coming out saying, maybe I don't have it anymore. You know, whether he meant it or whether he was joking, he said it. So, and I think, I think that's, that's, that's where that is. That's, you know, that's my two cents. Um, my issue is not so much as that old Rob receiver comment you made. I mean, it's still in my picture, uh, still in my mind. It's, it's, it's arguing. I don't care how you look at it. If you want to look at your stats, go ahead. I think Julio Jones over Antonio Brown any day. I like, I like him as a receiver. Uh, 
because as 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 a receiver, they that when you talk about manning up, it's hard to cover. It's difficult to keep up with. I like Julio Jones over Antonio Brown. Period. So that that's me. What coming? I do not like though is when we beat you, you tell me, man, train team played a solid game. Now three weeks later, after you listen to a bunch of uh, analysts say that your team plays down to their competition, here you come back on the radio show. Yeah, we play down on two thousand two, two against two teams. So what happens for the rest of the season when you start losing teams that are that don't have as good a record as you do, or you feel out as not as talented? You're still playing down to your competition. Maybe you are at the level that you are. Maybe you're not the team that you think you are. Have you ever considered that? No, no, because the Steelers, because the Steelers, hold on, let's can we be can we be realistic for a moment? Do we do we believe going into that game, going into that game, going into that game? Do we believe for a moment that the Bears even had a chance? We made no big, we made no deal of the game because of that, right? Let's talk about what happened. So, so now you're talking about revisionist history, and and you're getting mad at me for doing the same thing because after a few weeks, well, you're doing the same thing. First of all, because I remember you I'm saying that doing, the, the Bears had chances the, going into the I'm game. I'm talking about the fact of what your Steelers are. They are what they are, man. It's like any other team in the NFL. They aren't any better than what they are. And matchups matter. And when your team has a weakness and the other team has a strength, it's going to get exploited. Yeah, I agree with you. Team up, and we're only five weeks in, bro, six weeks in. We're, nowhere, we're not even halfway. I agree with you, but there's still a talent. Your team is there's winning. Still a talent gap you got wide receivers teams. that want to be traded. <laughs> well, that's a rumor. Got that's not true. That's a pretty strong rumor, Case Talk. Yeah, Big Ben announced it. The guy, Ian Rappaport, who's, who suggested that, also said that Big Ben wanted to be traded two years ago. Um, which no, ended up being false. Well, we also heard that Big Ben wanted to retire at the end of last year, too. And I'm starting to believe yeah. that that was, might have been true. So the point, though, is train. Well, first of all, to the Julio thing, to me, it sounds like he has size bias because Julio's a bigger guy. All of a sudden, he just gets open better. Well, I don't really see anything that represents that. Um, and in terms of the Steelers, I mean, come on. Like, from a talent gap perspective, like, in, in, in aspirations, <clears throat> in terms of, again, which team do you project to be a playoff team or or not? And again, just looking at it from a roster construction standpoint, I mean, you know, should are, are the Bears on the same level playing field with the Steelers? I mean, with the rookie quarterback, with the receiving quarter that they have, you know, like I, I don't understand why you're upset by that comment. I I I know how my team performs against your team. And I do know our defense. I do know our defense is underestimated, very much so, because I watch every game of the season. And I keep and I've seen our defense keep us in it when our offense doesn't turn over the ball, play well against quarterbacks that are not that mobile, which includes Big Ben. Yeah, and matchups make up fights. That's for that's for sure. And Jordan Howard presented the matchup problem for us. I mean, the one thing about the Steelers defense. It's really good, but the one thing that does give us problems is downhill runners. Especially teams are committed to it, and the Bears definitely were that. But then, how can you? Well, how can you? Because it's still, your defense is really good, but you have problems with downhill runners. If your defense is really good, you don't have problems with downhill runners. 
because it's matchups. Really good, it's matchups. No, it is really good. Okay, but that, that so means you, your defense is not really good. That means your defense has a weakness, and your defense has a weakness for stopping the run. Every defense has some sort of weakness. This isn't the this isn't the steel curtain. The Steelers are a third ranked defense make them, in the NFL. But don't make them really good. See, my my issue with you is you like to put your team above what they are. And I like the Steelers because I like Mike Tomlin, and I enjoy watching that team play, but I'm not going to put them higher than what they are. Simply competitive. I mean, are the Steelers a Super Bowl and, contender? And, and they the favorite to win the North. Okay, so if the Steelers were to play the Browns and, this, and I were to say – and the Steelers lost to the Browns, if I were to say the Steelers played down, that would also be a flagrant comment when, you know, the Giants – I didn't hear you make it sound about the Giants when they beat the Broncos. I mean, that shouldn't have been that much of an upset to you because it sounds like – The, you know, the Giants is a shocker, but I would, not, I would not say Denver played down to their competition, no. I would say the Giants' defense, the one that I was expecting to see all season, actually showed up. Yeah, and I, and I and I think and I think the other thing to consider is it is hard to say that a team is is you know a Super Bowl contender and you start to say that they're such a good team and all of this if they play down to their competition they should be better than that right I mean you know you know I mean I think one of the things we can say historically about the Patriots historically. You know, remember they were getting a bad rap because Bill, you know, Bill Belichick in the fourth quarter up by 20 and he's going for a touchdown because he's not taking his foot off the gas. He don't care who's on the other side. He he's going for the blowout. He's going for the win. And clearly the Patriots are the class of the NFL for the last dozen or so years, right? So I, I think it is hard to sit there and say on one side that your team is a good team and they're this and that, but then if they lose to an inferior team, you say, well, you know, we can we can get past that and say they played down to the competition. Well, if you played down to your competition, I have a problem with someone saying you're a good team. <laughs> and I would say that about my Cowboys, you know. They, they're going in to play San Francisco. San Francisco's 0-6. Granted, They've lost five games in a row by a total of 13 points. So they're probably a little better than the 0-6 record suggests, but they're 0-6. I expect my Cowboys to go in there and get the win. I don't care if it's by one point or if they mollywop them. I expect them to get the win. But I'm going to tell you what you're not going to hear from me on Monday is they play down to the 49ers. You know, I, I, you know, you go in there. That, those are games that you go in there and win if you think your team is good or if you think your team is – playoff contender, then those are the games you got to go in and win. And if you don't, then there's no excuses. You lost. I don't disagree yeah. with anything you're saying. I actually started my statement by saying this is something the Steelers have historically done. We've lost to teams with losing records for the past few seasons at alarming rates <laughs> relative to really good teams. It's bizarre. I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but that literally is what's been happening the last few years for Pittsburgh. But it's contradictory to say that and then turn around and say, "Yeah, we're good. We're we're really a good team, and we play down, we play down to our competition. We got a really good defense, but we struggle to stop the run. We <laughs> they don't go against man. Matchup again, it's about matchups, right? Not everyone can exploit certain matchups. The Bears could against the Steelers, but not everyone's going to run the ball thirty-five times a game with with a big running back down the middle." 
like the Bears Bears committed to. So a few teams could get the Steelers' problems, and the Bears were one of them, and the Bears prevailed. Okay. But your problems. I mean, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean the Steelers don't have a good defense. I mean, part of that is part of that's the offense not sustaining drives. The two have to work together. So. But matchup versus playing down your competition, that that's not that those are mutually exclusive. If if you're if it's a matchup situation, that's the problem. It has nothing to do with playing down to the competition. It's strictly just a matchup situation. A team may match up better against another team regardless of record. So I'm still trying to uh, that's why I'm not saying anything and been listening for the last couple of minutes. I'm still trying to understand where you're going with it. Because here's the thing, just because a team has a matchup you can exploit, it doesn't mean that necessarily that happens enough to where you'd win the game. I mean, it took the Bears over time against the Steelers to pull off to win anyway. And the Steelers, they had a great opportunity to win the game. I mean, plays happened at the beginning of the game where a ball or a 70-yard touchdown went off Martavis Bryant's hand. But the point is, just because you have a weakness and it can be exploited doesn't mean it's always exploited, you know, and teams are able to overcome that. If that ain't the running if the Bears game, and Steelers played, if the Steelers have played, if the Steelers and Bears played ten times, I mean, I'm very confident the Steelers will win at least sixty percent of those games, at least. Irrelevant. It mean, it always, it's always just going to play out that way. Doesn't matter. They play once, and the winner is the winner. This ain't baseball. <laughs> you know, there's no series. You play one, and that's it. And you played them, and you lost. And yeah, I some think... teams have bad games. Oh, that's I get it. I get it. I get it. Some teams do have bad games. I think you, we, we agree. But you have to be careful crowning those teams a certain level if they're having anyone. bad games. I didn't crown anyone. Well, then what, are we, then what are we talking about? I don't know. I didn't crown anyone. I didn't say the Steelers were bad. We're going to win it you all. Didn't? I didn't say any of that stuff. No. But you didn't say you that. This is what, really I said, what the Steelers – all I said was this is what the Steelers do. They play down their competition. They win big games when they're not supposed to. Well, but I, that, I, I think, think that's that's I, where the problem is. Yeah, and well, I think it's, that's it's a, a fact. Problem. Well, I don't. I, I, no, that's not a fact. That's your opinion. Yes, it, they play down to the competition because they lose to a team that you think they should have beat. <laughs> I mean, come on, K Star. You got to get the other team. The other, you know, let's look at the Steelers so, so, Bears so the at the end of the year the and look at the losses as. So, so let's look wait, at the, wait, the Steelers and Bears so the record at the end of the year and, and we can wait, determine so that. Did the Broncos play down to the Giants? Did the Broncos yeah, play like crap? Oh, they played. No, that's not. That's not. That's not what I asked you. Did they play down to playing like crap? You're right. Because you guess what? Because the other team has something to do with how you play. The other team has a scheme and has a plan. Just because their yeah, record is all that they're not going in there. An upset is an upset for a reason. That's all I'm saying. An upset doesn't it's mean that the team played down. Means you got beat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> upset, upset. An upset is defined by the opinions. The opinion. Let me say it one more time. The opinions of people <laughs> who are not or, on or the team, who are not playing in the game <laughs> that's about to be played. Because there's no way the Bears wake up or any team wake up and go to the stadium and be like, "Yeah, we got to lose this one." Seriously, bro, that's not that's not how that works, and that's no the reason why we do have parity because players are players are coming to play, man. Don't give a fuck about how good your record was last year and how good you think you are better than us. You better bring it when you line up on the other side of the ball. Yes, it may surprise what our 
opinions or predictions are, but that doesn't mean that outside looking in, your team played down to the competition. No, your team played the same field, same football, same rest, same 60 minutes, maybe a little more if needed, and they lost. You didn't play down to anybody. You played against them, and they won. Denver played against the Giants, and the Giants came with it, and they beat them at home with a really good defense and a solid running game because they knew they didn't have the wide out. Let me, let me jump in and just say this. Let me say this. I had lunch with a friend of mine who's a huge Broncos fan. Uh, her name is Tori. I know she's not listening because um, I didn't tell her to, but uh, friend, we had lunch on Saturday, and she said to me, she said, you know, how you think we're going to do against the Giants? Man, it would be embarrassing to, go, you know, to, to lose against a team that's 0-5. And I said, let me, let me tell you a little story, Tori. I said, Bill Parcells, when he was a coach, would call this a trap game because everything on paper says that you're going to lose. And he would have mousetraps hung in the locker room before a game like this to wake his team up to say, don't go in here overconfident thinking that you're just going to walk in here because you have a better record than this other team. This is a pro team. They're making millions just like you. They're practicing just like you, and they want to win. So don't take any team lightly, okay? And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And I said to her, I said, this is, this is as classic of a trap game as I've ever seen. The Giants are a mess, starters hurt, injuries everywhere, no running game, going up against a team that looks pretty doggone good. Molly Watt, my very own Cowboys, defense looking great. I said, this is a classic trap game. I said, I'm not saying I'm going to pick the Giants, but I'm saying it would not surprise me. Eli has won two Super Bowls. He does have Manning blood, even though he's not baiting. He is a Manning. I said, wouldn't surprise me if they fight and are able to make this a competitive game. I didn't think it would be the way it was. I didn't. I, I really thought it would be a better game than it was because Denver was not in that game, like, at all. You know, now, that's an example of it's just <laughs> matchups, scheme, and you know what? And the whole thing of, well, if they played ten times, that's the, it don't matter because they played once and they lost. Everybody wants to go, you know, everybody wants to go back and, man, I wish, you know, I'm sure Denver's sitting in the locker room saying, man, I wish you can go back there right now and do this again. Well, no, you had your chance, Denver. <laughs> you had your chance. You just got off the field. You had a chance at halftime to regroup and adjust and come out and do something, and you didn't. You lost because on this very day, they were the better team. Sucks. It hurts. But just for that day. Just for that day. That's all that matters. It's all no, that matters. That's not what matters, but but that's all that matters is who's the better team that day. Doesn't matter, you know. Nothing else. This is the day, the day of competition. Who's going to be the better team? You can say whatever you no want the next day. No one's refuting that. In case of one, you can go back to the you can go back to the Patriots when they ran roughshod through everybody, undefeated through the regular season, go all the way to the Super Bowl and get beat. So I mean, look Enough at that said, example. Yeah. It goes, well, it goes to show you any on any given Sunday, anybody can be beat. So that, and that's why we keep harping on the fact that when, when it comes to professional sports, you, can't, you have to be very careful using that phrase, playing down the competition, because the difference between the best player on the team and the worst player on the team 
isn't that huge. It's not like college where the best player and the worst player is a night and day difference. High school, even worse. You're talking about professionals. So that's why we're trying to say that term really is hard to, to apply when it becomes a, a talk about professional playing. Any given Sunday, anybody can get beat, and they just happen to get beat, just like the Broncos happen to get beat by the Giants. Same deal. And, and let's let's continue this same type of discussion, but move on to another K-Star topic that that intrigues me, um, because it kind of it kind of walks into what I said earlier. But K-Star, you're asking. I don't know if you're asking or saying the Eagles are the class of the NFC. Yeah, it's a question. With Aaron Rodgers going down, with the way the NFC East played out so far, and really just the NFC in general, there's no no real team standing out, but it looks like the Eagles have the best team, uh, not best team, um, best record in the in the NFC. Um, so do we think that this is this is legit, that this is, as it stands currently in week seven, the best team in, in the NFC? Or do we think that you know that they're they're not that there's a team that's that's better than them that just hasn't played well to this point? Because well, I have my Eagles opinion, have but I... me. The Eagles have been pretty impressive from from the games I've seen this season, uh, both on offense and and uh, defensively as well. Well, you you asking this question because Aaron Rodgers went down and the Packers lost. Is, is that is that uh, what precipitated this game? Okay. Partly, yeah, because I know a lot of people felt that the Packers were the favorites of the NFC. Well, you know what? I'll just start and say, hell no. Um, I'll you know they 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 have the best record, but it's six games. You know, it's six games. I mean, it's we're not even at the halfway point yet, and that it kind of you're you're going where I went earlier with. These you know these these predictions and prognosticators. What's the word? I can't see even say the word. Um, thank you. Um, and we're we're barely a third away into the season. Um, it's it's yes, you could say they have the best record in the NFC. You could say they're tied for the best record in the NFL. Agreed. Those, those are facts. Um, but you know this is long season. And, you know, we saw what happened in Green Bay, one injury, and now Green Bay is uncertain. Um, the NFC East is known for beating each other up, you know, known for it. And they've still got, you know, uh, I think they got the Redskins this week coming up. I, I don't even know, have they even played? Um, let me look, see. Division, yeah. they are 2-0 and in their division. So they still got six yeah. more division games to play, um, you know. And I, I, you know, no, and and I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If Dallas was five and one right now, which they were last year, I would just say they're five and one. It, you know, I, I I shy away from, you know, if you see a team like we've seen Patriot teams, you know, we've seen Indianapolis teams, we've seen certain teams go into six and oh, seven and oh, eight and oh, and just look like just run rough shot and winning by two and three touchdowns each game. We've seen that a few times. Okay, then, then, then when you see that level of just plain, pure dominance, okay, maybe you start to think, wow, wow, you know, this, this team could be tough to beat. This could be the team. Um, but even at 6-0, and I wouldn't say that. I'd still say, yo, we've got 12 games to go. 
You know, so no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they're the they're the class of anything. I think the the Carolina game, you know, could have went either way. They won, okay, good for them. I still think my Cowboys are not out of it. You know, I think that they're gonna, you know, you're gonna get healthy on defense. Sean Lee will be back, and um, I think they're gonna get healthy on defense. So far, so good with Zeke. Uh, a week off, um, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be relevant. Um, you know, when you, when you look around the conference, uh, even the Saints are starting to look like they're putting something together, you know, you can never count the Seahawks out. And so, you know, there just really kind of goes back to what we said about parody. I just, I'm not ready to crown anybody on either side, even though the chiefs were five and oh, and they just lost, um, I, you know, I, I'm not ready to crown them either. I'm not ready to crown the Patriots because they haven't looked like the normal juggernaut Patriots that we saw. Not ready to crown the Steelers because of the, some of the things that we talked about early. There's just really no team right now for me on either conference that is jumping out and saying and, and screaming at me that they are right now making their stand to be the team to beat. Look out. We, we, are, we have thrown down the gauntlet. You know, I don't see it right now. So if you ask me, hell no. And it ain't because they're the Eagles. I would say it about any team because I don't see it in the NFL right now. I don't see anybody dominant where I would say they're the class of their division or conference or anything. I don't see it at all. Um, I don't know. JB, what do you think? No, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, if we were talking again about the 07 Patriots where they were blowing everybody out week in and week out, different story. But with the Eagles, I mean, they uh, granted the one loss was against the Chiefs, but they had a couple of games where we're talking three points or less. I mean, Philadelphia versus the Giants, that was a, a three-point victory for the Eagles. The, the Chargers that seemed to always find a way to lose a game, lost by two points to the Eagles, and it was at home with, with uh, fans that are mainly Eagles fans to begin with. And then, T, to your point, it was a pretty close one with, with the uh, – last game against Carolina. So we're not seeing a dominant performance on both sides of the ball from the Eagles right now. Do they have the inside track? Yes, but, again, it's because of record, not so much because of the performance. If we start to see performances build up week in and week out where they're dominating on both sides of the ball, different story. But until that happens, no, I don't see anyone right now separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Um. K-Star, this was your topic. What, what do you think? I don't think that, <clears throat> I don't think that they're a class, but to me, you know, because the parity has been so strong, we're talking about like super small uh, edges anyway. If you were to say a team's been the best, to me they've been slightly the most impressive. But I mean, again, right? I mean, we just saw Kansas City lose. It's been a season full of parity. Um, I think they're on to something. I don't know if they can make it last, but you know, I mean part of a good team is winning these close games. And um, Carson Wentz has been really impressive uh, as a young player his second year. Uh, have him on a fancy team. He's, he's just a nice player. Um, but, no, I, I don't think there's a clear-cut clear cut class. I think that, you know, I mean, the Panthers played him really tough. Uh, and, and I think the Cowboys still actually have some life. Uh, so, and actually I do agree. The Saints are an interesting team. They seem to be building something um, them, for themselves uh, with the way their defense actually been playing recently, which is a weird thing to say. But it, long story short, it's definitely too early, but they've definitely been impressive. So if I were an NFC East fan, I, I would I would definitely be looking at them with a target on their backs because um, 
obviously they're out in front right now. Okay. Dr. Train, your thoughts? I feel like this falls into the same thing that we were talking about, I don't know, about a good 30 minutes ago. It's a lot fair in the league. It's a long season. Uh, Eagles look good now. Eagles look look decent at the start of the last season. Uh, they got more weapons now, so they look like a little bit much stronger team, but it's a long season. So, see you in 12 weeks. <laughs> okay. Um, and just to continue, a similar question. So, K-Star is asking, Dak or Carson, who's better? JB, what do you think? I have my opinion, well, if but... You, if, you, if you look at QBR, it'd be Dak. And, and he's number two behind Deshaun Watson, and, and behind Dak would be Carson Wentz. So, QBR perspective, I say Dak. Um, looking at just the... So the overall weapons and what what you're able to do with what you have, I still would have to say Dak. I mean, Wentz is having an outstanding year thus far, but I, maybe it's a homer, but I'm looking at eyeball versus also the numbers, and I would have to say Dak. Okay. Um, Dr. Train, who do you think is better, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott, bro. All right, let's do for Dak. Uh, K-Star, this was your topic. You brought it up for a reason. Who do you think? I think Carson, man. So, they're, first of all, the reason why these two players are brought up, obviously they're young, but I think that these two players are, are going to be the are, – are going to be some of the premier quarterbacks in, in the NFL, or the younger crop quite a while. Um, they both have, are having tremendous years. Dak, of course, had a better rookie season by far, but it seems that the gap is, is closed between the two, or at least a very slight edge for one over the other. Uh, I think so far this season, Carson's played a slightly uh, a bit better because he made a little more plays towards the end of the games. Um, but it, it's so close. And Dak, I mean, honestly, I'm slightly jealous of, of, of your guys' situation, T, because with that being so young and already so polished, and, and same thing with Philly, I mean, you guys have just been in a great spot for hopefully a really long time. You know, God forbid any injuries and, and these guys continue to grow. Um, but, yeah, I would give a slight edge to this season to being uh, for Carson to this point. I don't know that he's a better player, but so far he's gotten the job done a little more effectively. So, um, to me, it ain't even close right now. It's it's Dak, period. Um it, 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 I mean, this is the sophomore season after an incredible – I mean, let, let's recap. Last season, Carson was the starter. Dak was fourth string going into the season, fourth string, and ended up due to injury becoming the starter. But he went through preseason fourth string and then w- tied Ben's record on wins and consecutive wins in his rookie season, okay? Played at an insane level. MVP discussion, right? Rookie of the year, um, you know, uh, played on an insane level. And everybody said sophomore slump, except Commissioner T. I said there will be no sophomore slump. Everybody said we've got film on him now. Look out. And he's still playing, as Jay put out, um, number two QBR in the NFL. Now, the difference is the team. (laughs) I mean, the difference is 
you know, the team is not as good as it was. So the Cowboys are 20. It is not that. If you look at the game against uh, Green Bay, they're up 24-22 with the ball. Dak hits T-Will right in the arms, bounces through his arms, a very catchable ball. So it counts as an interception against Dak that, that you know, wasn't his fault, right into Green Bay's arm, runs in for a touchdown. And then what does he do? When you say you made a comment that Wentz is making more plays at the end of the game, yeah, no. Um, Dak then orchestrates a nine-minute drive to milk the clock to put Dallas in a chance to beat and scores the winning touchdown, well, the go-ahead touchdown with a minute and 13 to go. And unfortunately, the defense could not stop, you know, God on cleats, which was Aaron Rodgers. So if you watch the games, Dak is doing everything humanly possible for this team to win. Unfortunately, you put up 31 and 30 points, your defense is giving up 35. In the NFL, if you put up 30 points, you should win the game. That's, just, that's it. You should win the game. And he's doing that with great numbers, great performance, um, you know, there's no sophomore slump at all. So if you look at the totality of a season and about a third of both of these guys coming in at, out of the same draft, Dak's head and shoulders ahead of Carson Wentz. Now, I'm not saying Carson Wentz isn't playing well and isn't going to be – this is going to be a great rivalry over the next 10 years, uh, assuming they both stay healthy. Um, and, I, and I think in time, if Carson continues to play like he's been, then, yeah, I'll have less of an argument because Carson will continue to put a body of work together that will rival what Dak is doing. But right now, Carson didn't do much last year, so we're talking about six games versus Dak took the team to 13-3, and three, you know, number one seed in his rookie year and now came back and is playing, by all accounts, even better this year. Right now, it's not even close. Right now, Dak is better. Uh, I do believe Carson will close the gap. I don't think Dak can play much better than he's doing. And I believe if Carson continues to play at this level, he'll have the body of work that will, by the end of the year, we'll have to say, if they continue to play this well, wow, pretty close by the end of the year. I just think it's too early to say that now. It's just, it's just you know, I give, Carson's got to give me a full year at this level. Dak's already done it for more than a year at this level. And did it without first-team reps last year, without first-team prep until, until literally the beginning of the season. So right now, Dak, I think he's the class of the young, of the young group. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson's looking really good. But, again, you know, you get, again, it goes back to, you know, we've got a theme here. It goes back to, you know, you've got to show me a little consistency. You've got to show me, you know, you've got, you got to give, it, give me a season of it. Then you got my attention, you know. Give me a couple seasons of it. Then you got my attention. But, you know, four, five, six games, it's not enough. It's not enough. In this league, people do study. And in many cases, they are able to close that gap. In many cases, they are able to adjust. Now, I do believe Carson will be a very good quarterback, though. I just think he's not, yep. he's not there yet. He's not, he's not I, I, you know, he's, he's got to keep going. And then we can revisit this later in the season. Um, okay. All right. Um, all right. Uh, K-Star, this one's for you as well. I, I'm curious your thought on Cam Newton. Um, you know, he's playing better this year. Uh, Carolina is, is certainly uh, a contender. Um, you know, they're, they're, I believe they're 4-2 leading their division. Yep. 
Um, you know, he's playing better. Um, they did lose to uh, Philly, but it was a good game, competitive game. Um, you know, you're, this is your guy that you claim was going to the Hall of Fame. Um, and he could still go, but he, he's got a lot of work to get there, a lot of work. Um, but do you think he's, they're on their way back and that he's on his way back to playing MVP-level football? Yeah, he's on his way back. He started off slow, um, but he's looking like the can from a couple of years ago. Uh, the one thing I will say that is a concern for the Panthers as a team is that their offensive line is getting no push in the running game. And they had to rely on Cam quite a bit uh past few weeks to run the ball himself. <clears throat> a little concerned because, again, Cam's been a little uh, banged up past couple of seasons. Um, his level of play, if, if he has to be the primary ball carrier, which just sounds ridiculous since he's the quarterback, if he has to still be the primary ball carrier, uh, he's going to break down a bit because, again, only a body can only hold for so much. And he's been hurt past couple of seasons. But the Panthers' defense is really good which was their four-take a couple years ago, really good offense and really strong defense. And they seem to be getting back to that criteria. They are just missing that running game. Uh, a lot of that, I think, has to do with their Pro Bowl center being out. Not sure for how long he's supposed to be out for, but uh, Chris McCaffrey is really impressive in space. He's definitely helping them in Cam's development. I think that we're seeing for the first time Cam actually check down to the running back, which he usually has been a quarterback that's just uh, been down the field. Um, so definitely – uh, huge for his growth. So I think the Panthers are definitely back and, and a contender. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree that Cam's playing well. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Just, I, just I don't think. just don't come up, just don't come on here next week and say Carolina played down in a competition when they if they lose to Chicago. <laughs> a, I don't want to hear that. Right, just say Chicago played well at home and we got the win. You know. Just, that's all. Just, just don't. Oh, do you guys that. got Carolina. They do. They do good. Yeah, we got, got Carolina at home. Oh boy, yeah, we got them at home. So you know, if they if Carolina wins, everybody's like, yeah, they expect them to win. If if Carolina loses, yeah, it's an upset. Just just don't tell me they played down to the competition. Well, then it's not upset. Then I mean, you know. It, hmm? it, won't, it won't be an upset. A lot of people will be upset, yeah. but you will be upset. That's because you have a very, very strong misconception of what playing down to the competition versus an upset. So no, we just you just have the terminology of it. It's really the same thing. We just no, we apply not. it differently. No, well, they're not. But they're not. All right. Well, then, then okay. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, you don't agree that upset playing down if the team loses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm with I'm with Train on this one. I don't, I, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think an upset is when there is a clear favorite and the clear underdog um, wins the game. You say, "Wow, that was an upset." I think the Giants That's beating. Funny. Well, let me let me finish. The Giants beating Denver was an upset. The Giants were 0-5 with all of their issues, and they went in and they upset Denver. I don't think that means that Denver played down. The Giants, did, 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 did Denver look like they weren't trying? or did, The Giants just, they beat them from, you know, from, from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. They beat them. They went in and won that game. 
You know, it wasn't luck. It wasn't it, – they schemed, and this Orleans Darkwell guy ran all over them, and, you know, they they outplayed them. So That was the first it, time in two seasons the Giants had a 100-yard rusher. This is the first time all season the Broncos gave a 100-yard rusher. So, I mean, <laughs> they had to play down a little bit. You can't just – Defend the run great all year, and then and then give up a 100-yard rush to the Giants of all teams, and not not play down because your your level of play has to decrease for that to happen. Oh, there's nothing to do with the team. There's nothing to do with the team that schemed. That had nothing to do with the team that said, we don't have a passing game. We need to run the ball. We know they're a good run defense, but here's what we're going to do. We're studying film. We're finding creases and holes, and there's gaps here, and we're going to exploit some things that we saw. It's got nothing to do with strategy. It has both, everything to do with playing Both things have to happen together. I mean, it's not just one or the other. That's not what I'm saying. Both things have to work and function together for it to be in your position, then the team who's considered better should always win. They should always win. And it doesn't happen that no, way. They because should always win. Okay, so, so you can't say every time a team with a better record loses because they played down. No, you didn't play down. You went out there and played your butt off and lost. <laughs> you went out there and played to try to win and lost. That happens. You understand what I'm saying? It's not just because the other team took them lightly, and sure, that happens. But guess what? What also happens is you went out there, you played your game, but this team had the answer for you because Orleans Darkwa said, I'm going to run this ball. The offensive line said, we're 0-5. We're not going to 0-6. You know, sometimes the other team just is determined to win, and no matter what you do, and I've seen this, man. I've had dominant teams in Dallas. I've, I've, I've seen it, and I would never say, well, we played down to them. I'd say, you know, that team just had us. They had our number, you know. We, you know and, and I think the other thing is, remember, so you have two halves to the game. You've got a half to go in there, regroup, figure this out, adjust your game plan, make it, you know what I mean? You have a half, 15 minutes to go in and say, hey, you know, we're not, we're not playing well. Well, guess what? Denver had that. Did it change anything? Hell no. And I think that's the point here. You have to be very careful by, by minimizing a victory by saying the team that was better on paper played down. I think that's the issue that I have with your analysis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I think that's all we got. Let me see. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, I guess, uh, um, I guess the last thing I'm curious, it's a good topic to end on for, for the night. Um, so the players and owners have met and discussing the, uh, anthem and, um, you know, we, we all know where the anthem protest has been. Uh, Trump saying don't do it. Jerry Jones came out and said if you, if you, if you uh, sit, you won't play. Um, there's an uproar. The owners were meeting to discuss it. Roger Goodell said we're going to encourage all our players to stand. There's clearly a revenue issue here. People are boycotting the NFL. It is costing the NFL money. Um, this, this, is, this is an issue for the NFL on, a, on the business end of it. Um, 
I want to go around the horn. How do you think this plays out? How is this issue of the national anthem and how the players handle this and the teams and the owners handle it? I want each of you to give your opinion on, put your, put your crystal ball on, and how do you think this is going to end? Um, I'll start with uh, JB. Well, I think ultimately they're all going to to stand. I think there's there's got to be some type of of um, compromise that can be made. Players will say we'll stand, but this needs to be done in order to have that happen. And I don't know what that it is because I feel like this is the first six weeks of the season. So much parity, you don't know what's going to happen next. I kind of feel like we don't know what's going to happen next with this also. But I think there's going to be some type of meeting in the middle somewhere. Um, maybe just stand. Maybe it's possible that. You can stand with a fist in the air, or you um, you just miss the entire anthem and all together like it has been done by a few teams already this season. But I just feel like there's going to be some some type of compromise that can be made, and, and there's just a myriad of different things that can be done. So uh, I wish I had a, a clear crystal ball because I really don't know, but I just feel like there's some type of compromise that's going to be made. Okay. Uh, K-Star. I think ultimately they'll stand. I don't think that they're going to legislate it like it is in the NBA. Um, but I think that when the owners and players, they, they look at it together and they see the impact in terms of what's hitting the bottom line, they're going to realize that it's not good for the product in terms of them making more money for the league and for themselves ultimately. And so as a business decision, I think that They'll probably stand in, I think, prob- again, who knows, but I think it's likely what J.B. said that, you know, those players who who who, um, who who don't want to stand during the anthem may just, just appear after the anthem is, is already is already taking place and come after that. Um, and we'll see. And let, me, let me just, before you go to Dr. Trent, let me add in one thing, too, that, that um, I, I meant to also say. For me personally, I hope they do stand because I think this whole kneeling thing has now just been watered down to the to to nothing. Basically, it's almost like a laughing stock now, a punchline, if you will. They'll have to think of something else that can get folks' attention because once they stand and 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 they don't continue to push the issue, it's going to be almost like Jerry Jones said. Well, I thought we did this, and I thought this whole thing was going to go away. No, it's not going to go away. We just need to think of something else that's going to continue to put pressure on folks that make final decisions to try and get that needle moving some more. And obviously the kneeling health, we've got folks' attention, but now we've got to progress it and go a step further. Hmm, boy, that sounds familiar. I think I said that last week. But anyway, Dr. Train. We both did. Hmm. Dr. Train. Um... And that's a tough one, T. I, I definitely, my, my crystal ball is, is about as just as, as blurry as 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 ever. Uh, I will say this: it's it's gonna have something to do with the uh, NFL trying to get their their revenue back up. Um, they're not gonna sit back and just let their revenue consistently take a hit like that. So, whatever is gonna happen is gonna be it's gonna be involved in getting their revenue back up. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, the protests will lose out. 
I honestly believe that. And the protest what? The whole reason that the protest will lose out. That the whole reason for the kneeling and the the sitting, it'll all get lost. And we'll be back to square one. And NFL will have their pockets and their and their fan base back and people will be watching the game. Uh, even though I consider all those who choosing to miss football over flag or idiots. Um, <laughs> okay. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think the protests will end up losing out and there won't be a recognition of black men being shot down by police in the street. It'll, it'll just go back to normal. Um, and it'll do that because the players, I, I don't believe the players will take um, – Another significant step. So, well, you know, uh, thank you for you guys' comments. Um, respect them all. I think the the protest will end, and I think it should end. Um, you know, I, I have a problem with Colin Kaepernick. Um, I have two problems. The first one is he's been quiet through all of this. Um, the second one is he filed a grievance against the NFL, accusing them of collusion, and. Um, I, I, I just I, I'm from the opinion That while There could be truth to that Can you prove it number one um, And number two Now This is be, now you've turned You now have turned this About you not playing For the NFL um, That's what Your problem is now Now I agree by the way that he should be on a roster. You know, I agree that he should be on a team. But you are now seeking monetary compensation because you're not on a team. And the reason, you know, we don't know why. We don't know why. But many of us believe that you're not on a team, Mr. Kaepernick, because you did the protest and you led something that has created an uproar for the NFL and now you're persona non grata. No one wants to, no one wants you on the team, no matter how talented you may be. Um, I believe that is the case, but I also believe that when you made the decision to do this, what did you think was going to happen when you made the decision to kneel and stand by it and wear socks with pigs on them and a Castro shirt to Miami and, and all of that, what did you think was going to happen? Did you think, uh, you know, in, in this state of race relations that it was just going to blow over? Did you think with the elections and things that were going on and the chance that Donald Trump would become president that this would just die? No. So now fast forward 14 months from when you started this protest, you have not been heard of other than a tweet to Eminem saying I'm proud of you or you know, good job or whatever and you're filing a grievance because you're not working. That you're right, but you're now turning this whole thing into about you instead of remembering what you started. Because you started this, bro. You know what? This was all you. This wasn't. This was you who 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 started this. And I've got a problem now. I think one, you should you should over the last six weeks, all these players. Um, going to bat for you and defending you and you're quiet, I got a problem with that. 
The president calling the you out? Go I got a problem with that. Now, I had a president calling you out and you're not responding, but everyone else responding on your behalf? I got a problem with that. And now you want to file a grievance because you think you should be working? You're taking us farther away from the issue, in my opinion, instead of trying to bring us back. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I believe you should be working, too. I just think, I think, I think that you're filing a grievance, and I forgot the biggest reason why I'm against it. I apologize, guys. The biggest reason I'm against this is because he filed a grievance hiring a celebrity attorney and not using the NFL Players Association. Yep. So you're making this about you. If you, had, if you did this through the Players Association, I'd have nothing to say because you're following the NFL collective bargaining agreement and the rules of engagement, and you're seeking justice through that organization, and that is your right. Instead, you've got the Players Association sit back saying, well, we don't really know what he's doing. You went and hired Mark Garagos, celebrity attorney, to represent you. I got a huge problem with it, bro. And I think now at this point, the players need to say, our leader is no longer leading us. This is a valid issue, but we need to stop this protest and come up with another way, another way to keep the focus on this issue. A lot of smart players out there in the NFL. I'm sure they can come up with something. We talked about a couple of ideas. JV mentioned them, you know, is the fist up acceptable to the world? Is staying in the locker room acceptable to the world? Is there something else that can be done? I don't know, but I think it's time to, to bury this and move on to something different. K-Star, you so, want to say something? Yeah. Um, a lot of people, like, the thing is that people were concerned about that were questioning the Kaepernick <laughs> movement. I always defended his right, but I always questioned his motive because his actions didn't really seem to line up. And one huge, 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 huge red flag that I just found out today about Malcolm Jenkins said that the NFL Players Association invited him to go to that event today with the owners to discuss some of these issues, and he did not show up. And if he's hiring a celebrity, like, he – Listen, like my, my whole issue with it before was it wasn't just him taking a knee or, or sitting down. It was other things too, like the Castro T-shirt, like the the take on the socks or whatever. Like he knew that it was going to garner media attention after the initial <coughs> protest. And so it, it, like you said, it's kind of taken away from it, and in a way, kind of I don't know. To me, making a mockery of it because it seems like at this point it's just becoming a self-serving thing. Um, because when push comes to shove and actions kind of proved to be louder than words. I mean, for him to, to I guess, not engage or respond to Malcolm Jenkins, who – and Malcolm Jenkins is one of the most outspoken players in regards to this issue, um, that is not a good sign at all. And, and it, I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's, it's becoming more exploitation from Kaepernick at this point than anything else with, with, with those two moves or lack of moves thereof uh, with him failing to come and then – like hiring a celebrity rather than going through the Players Association. That's actually a slap to the players. Yeah, normally K-Star, I'd find some reason to disagree with you, but I don't. I, I, I don't. I just I don't like how he's handled it now, and I think that um, he's hurting the cause that he, that he really led, that he, you know, he spearheaded. And, um, you know, not everyone, you know, I think back to Rodney King, right? Um, you know, I don't know if, if any of you guys are old enough to really um, – to clearly remember that, I think you guys are all, even my brother, you were, I think, a teenager when uh, the Rodney King stuff was going on. Um, well, I remember that. 
Yeah, but I don't know how much you would remember is is my point. I know you remember it, obviously, but um, you know, but the thing that people <laughs> realize, you know, Rodney King was arrested like four times after the video came right. out. Um, you know, he was he was he was a guy that had an opportunity to lead a revolution, but he didn't have the skills to do it because he kept he kept drinking, he kept getting in trouble. Um, he ultimately passed away, but, you know, and, and even when the riots are happening and, you know, the, the whole let's, you know, can't we all just get along? Um, if you watch it, you can, you can Google it. He's not articulate. He's not intelligent. He's not, you know, he was just not, he just happened to be the guy that was videotaped, but he was not, this was not Rosa Parks. Okay. This was not someone who was ready to lead a revolution. He just wasn't. And I'm beginning to feel the same way about Colin Kaepernick. I thought last year that he was. But this year, I don't believe that anymore. I believe the cause is valid. Obviously, I'm a black man. (laughs) Not doubting it, but I doubt he's not the guy. He doesn't have it. He just doesn't, unfortunately. And it's a shame. It's a shame that, you know, you, you draw so much attention to a topic and I just feel like when Trump came out and said the things that he said, that the, the guy that should have spoke out was Colin Kaepernick. The guy that should have came out and said, excuse me, as the guy who started this, let me remind everybody the series of steps. Let me remind you all that I went from, kneel, uh, from sitting to kneeling after speaking to military police officers and first responders and getting their opinion. And they told me that kneeling would not be offensive. So what's the president talking about? Like, he should have been the one taking the president on. Now, hey, would he have gotten a job? Probably not. He ain't got no job anyway. So what difference does it make? If you ain't going to get a job in the NFL, then go full bore and be the leader of the cause you started. That's kind of where I'm at. And instead, he's pulled back from that, and he's worried more about either getting his job, which ain't going to happen, or getting some sort of financial compensation, which honestly could happen. The, the, the legal experts are saying it's unlikely um, that he has the enough grounds to prove collusion. Um, I believe he's right. I don't believe he's going to win. So I think, to, to bring it full circle, I think the protest needs to end. But I don't think uh, this form of it needs to end. I think they need to rethink it. And I think um, the NFL – because this is the thing I said last week, K-Star, is um, Donald Trump is saying nothing about the issue. Nothing. All he keeps saying is, if you, don't, if, you kneel for the, if you kneel for the anthem, you're disrespecting our country and the flag. But where is his concern on the issue? He said nothing because he doesn't care. Sorry, that's how I feel. He doesn't care about the issue, which is why he said nothing about the issue, which is why he can go to uh, Florida and, and Texas and pledge all this help from FEMA. And he goes to Puerto Rico and he says, well, we can't stay here forever. You know, you guys are killing our, 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 our budget. Well, they're part of this country, too. What's, what, why are you separating them from everyone else who's gone through tragedy? This guy's just, this guy's just ugh, it so aggravates me. But Colin Kaepernick could have kept the focus on the you issue. Know, and he didn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say I thought I thought for sure he would um, Colin would because it was a great opportunity for him to it was really it, almost like painted on a silver platter for him to take advantage of it and bring it back to full circle rather than it being like made into political points for Trump and and like just bad press for the NFL like he could have really brought it 
the focus and the scope back in play, but I I don't know if he's being advised legally or something or what, but that's not what he did. And like well, I, I was I was surprised by it because I figured it was a great opportunity. I mean, well, sure. and I'll just say that this will be my last comment on it, but I'll say this: if you're now at the point where you just know you're not going to get a job, then you know, I mean, Bill Clinton, um, um, Barack Obama. Uh, Bush 43, these guys are out, you know, speaking. And, and these guys, you know, uh, um, Bill Clinton has made more money than he'll ever make from his salary being president. You know, by the way, in case people don't know, once you're president, you get your salary for the rest of your life. You don't, you don't, you, when, you, when you leave office, you don't, they, they, you get your salary and you get Secret Service protection um, for the rest of your life. Okay, so you they know, get salary, salary even like like the yeah. whatever they make uh, as a president, four, four, even when they're not president. Yeah, whatever yeah, their salary was when. Oh well, crap! Well, I, yeah, I don't know what like forty three was making or or. or um, you didn't get that in your class, man. I don't know what uh, oh, uh, Jimmy that. Carter. Jimmy Carter was making less. That. Whatever your they salary is. Yeah, right now it's four hundred thousand, and and yeah. you they will get that for the rest of it. My point is. Carter has uh, these guys, Carter included, have made more money, not you know through their salary, but just from their name, public speaking and that kind of stuff. These guys, you know, minimum, minimum to get Bill Clinton, minimum is twenty five thousand for him to speak. That's minimum, and he charges a lot more depending on the event. I know this for a fact because I was part of a group that tried to get him. Um, it was a nonprofit, and you know they tried to negotiate something, but they started. They're like, "Well, our minimum is twenty-five thousand. Like, well, we're a nonprofit, it's something we can do." But we, it, it, it didn't work out. My point is, Kaepernick had he played this right, he could now be going around the country speaking about social injustice as the face of oppression today, as the face of someone who says, "Hey, I'm a twenty-eight-year-old black man. I, I, you, you don't think we're oppressed? How come I'm not in the NFL right now? If we're not oppressed?" How come guys like, you know, you can name five or six quarterbacks that he knows he's better than. I'm not on a roster, even as a number three. I'm not on a roster, and I, I played in a Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Really? Look at my stats and look at Jay Cutler's stats. Look at Josh McCown's stats. Look at, you know, he, he can go around and use that story and talk about oppression and what, what it means and, and probably make a hundred grand a speech and live happily ever after. But No. Let's file a grievance, try to get some money out of NFL, and, and destroy whatever chance you might have had of getting back into the NFL, because it ain't going to happen. And by the way, can, y'all, can everybody out there please stop? Tony Romo is not going to play for Green Bay. Okay, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Okay, let it go. And let me just say, I was just about to say, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Anybody who now, anybody who didn't see what I saw when he was a player, can y'all see it now as the announcer? You see how good he is? He's sitting up there. We didn't see Phil Sims doing this. We didn't see, we ain't seen any of these so-called, we, Troy Aikman doesn't do this. Daryl Johnston doesn't do this. None of these so-called so, <coughs> uh, color commentators get up there and literally tell you what's going to happen like he does. I mean, and tells you why. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's third and one. They ran the ball. I guarantee they're going for it. You know, and sure enough, oh, that play, uh, he just changed it. They're going to run to the left. 
Oh, oh, that's going to be a slant. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, damn. Yeah, Great. and then his analysis, his analysis is on point, and, like, he does it with such enthusiasm. Like, he's just so smooth with it. And, I mean, hell, even his Antonio, uh, during that Antonio Brown touchdown catch, his, like, analysis and breakdown of it was so impeccable. And, and he's been that way all season, and it's crazy. You would think he's been doing this forever, but dude's just a natural. He's just obviously really good at whatever it, he chooses to do. Yeah. Yeah, and if I and I'm making, you know, whatever he's making, two million, three million a year, and a team offers me four or five million to get back out there with the uh, uncertainty of, ugh, I showed that damn broken ankle again. Ah. Um, you know, got a beautiful wife, beautiful family, and man, my NFL. I had 14 great years. I did what I could. It's over. It's over. Um, all right. Anyway, it's time for us to get out of here. Hey, just want to also say, um, when they put Haywood on the on the on the cart to take him out, the first person over there was LeBron James. I love sportsmanship. I absolutely love sportsmanship. You know, and uh, they're just showing it now. He was the first one over there to shake his hand and you know love that kind of stuff. So kudos to LeBron James. That that guy right Amen. there, ambassador. That guy right there. He may not he may not be the best to ever play. But if you look at everything he's given to the game, I don't know that there's a, anybody, not Jordan, not Magic, not anybody who has given more to the game than, uh, than LeBron James. Kudos. All right. Let's get out of here, guys. It's been a great show. Appreciate all the feedback. Uh, let me give you all one last chance to say whatever it is you want. We call it final words. Let's go to Dr. Train. What are your closing remarks, Dr. Train? Uh, looking forward to another weekend of football, bro. Um, uh, even if my Bears lose this week, I like our arrow for the future. We are looking good. I like the way our defense is playing. This looks like the monsters of the midway will be are are steadily returning. Uh, but the parity in the league makes it very difficult to make picks, as I am at fifty percent almost every week. So, <laughs> you know. It also makes it tough for fantasy football too, but um, I'm, I'm loving the games each week. It's you, you, it, it makes you want to just watch whoever. And Thursday night football has been way more entertaining this this season than it has been before. So all you fans sitting back protesting or not wanting to watch the game because players are taking a knee and standing for uh, social injustice, continue to do so. You only know what you're missing out on. Maybe you'll come in and bitch around week eight or week nine or something. Uh, well said. K-Star, final words? Yeah, I think it was an upset that I played down in my com- competition tonight and train. I'm going to do better next week, guys. You'll see a better me, usual me. Um, I'm sorry that, again, that, that upset happened and I played down in my competition. I'll be back next week better than ever. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> JB, follow you, train. Love you, train. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of fantasy, I think me and train are, are number one in our respective divisions. So uh, I'm going to enjoy it for the one week I got it because I know it ain't going to happen next week. Um, final word is just uh, basically how do you spell real life soap opera? It's spelled NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this coming week between 
marquee names being possibly injured or upsets or what have you. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what kind of parody is going to play out for this coming week. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have much. Cowboys are back this week. They're uh, going to San Francisco. I'm a bit surprised the game's not on TV, at least national TV. Um, I thought it would be, but it's not, but that's okay. I'm going to watch it anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I there's, 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 there's just so many things that I could say to end off the show. And, and I, you know, I guess I just want, I wish, I wish, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad because we are a divided country over everything. And, you know, I don't know what the solution is. I just I don't. I know one thing that would help. I think if we had a different person in the White House, uh, I don't care who it is. Anybody, I'll take John McCain. I don't. I really don't care who it is. Give me a give me a, a traditional. Give me a Bush. Give me. I don't care. I really don't. Uh, I think that would help. But we're stuck with this guy for the most part for the next three and a quarter years, and it's just it's just sad. So much divisiveness. People thought we were divided under Obama. It ain't even close. We're, you know, we, 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 we don't get along. We're divided. Everyone's arguing. Um, it's just, it's sad. And I, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I, I really don't. So, uh, you know, um, so I guess I would just say, hey, um, run your race. Do the best you can. But think about the world. And, and you know, things could be so much worse for everybody. And, um, I don't know, just try to do the right thing. You know, that Spike Lee movie. This is the man speaking. Got some advice for you. What's that? Do the right thing. That's it? That's it. So that's my advice, everybody. Do the right thing. Enjoy football. We're almost at the halfway mark. Can you believe it? Halloween's coming. Before you know it, Thanksgiving will be here. <laughs> it, it just flies by. It's the shortest. It's the shortest number of games and the shortest professional sport of all of them, and it's just flying by. So all you like train said, I'll echo him. You're not watching football. I don't care. I'm watching it. I'm not. I'm not boycotting football. Sorry. I'm watching. You know more for me. That's how we look at it. So. For my co-host, Dr. Train, K-Star, and the one and only JB, thank you all for tuning in to the Madden Voice tonight. We will see you next Tuesday night where we will see who plays down to who because all feuds will be settled on the field. See you next Tuesday. Good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.